Welcome to Jersey Guys Sports, your sports talk home for the Yankees, Giants, Rangers, and the Rutgers Scarlet Knights. And I'm your host, Don. Thanks for tuning in. Today, we're going to be discussing Rutgers' historic win on the road against number 13, Wisconsin. So let's get started right away. Saturday afternoon, Rutgers, Scarlet Knights shocked Wisconsin on the road, 73-65 in what is a historic outing against the Badgers. They beat number 13, Wisconsin, and Rutgers has now beaten three consecutive ranked teams. Let that sink in for a minute. Three consecutive ranked teams, something they had never done before in their history. They also won at Wisconsin something they've never done before in their history. And now they have three consecutive quad one wins and six quad one wins for the season now. Six. This game against Wisconsin was an exciting seesaw back and forth game. It had 12 lead changes, seven ties. Every time Wisconsin took the lead, it seemed like Rutgers had an answer, though. Many times it was Mulcahy. Sometimes it was Harper. Geo had some Great shots. Amaruyi continued to have some big, important shots and play very well. Wisconsin has what may be the best player in the Big Ten in Johnny Davis. Rutgers did a pretty damn good job against him in the first half. Uh, he had an okay first half. Only scored about six points or so, six or seven points. And Rutgers did an okay job against him in the second half where he scored more. But he is the best player in the conference. So overall, I think Rutgers' defense did very well against him. Rutgers had a good start to the game. I continue to mention this because of their streak of so many bad starts to the game. And I think having this good start to the game is critical to Rutgers winning these games. And you can tell when they go up in early, they seem to do a decent job, even against these great teams they played, you know, the last three times with holding that lead. And I think it's critical and hopefully they'll continue to do that because it is very, very important for this particular Rutgers team. Um, Geo hit some early threes that were huge. Harper, Mulcahy each hit an early three that really helped all uh, within the first six minutes or so. And then it helped get Rutgers off to a great start and one that they needed. Harper actually played very well early despite, despite some early foul trouble again with him. Oh, he drives me nuts sometimes. He made some really big shots though in the first half. He hit some huge shots when Wisconsin got close or tied the game, he would answer and he was very, very clutch. Um, even though I wanted to sort of slap the screen every time I saw him, he had two friggin' fouls within the first two and a half minutes of the game and had to sit. And it, sometimes he just drive me nuts. But, you know, Peichel put him back in, made a big call, and he ended up really coming through and hitting some clutch shots. Harper finished the game with 21 points, and he was crucial to getting this upset win. Gio was excellent early, hit fadeaway jumpers, threes. He was shooting in rhythm, you know, in that patented, you know, drive forward, jump back shot. He was really good. Mulcahy continues to drive this team. He's getting inside. He makes plays. He draws fouls, and he's hitting free throws. He had some gigantic shots in the last five minutes of the game, including a crucial three-pointer uh, to give Rutgers back the lead. Harper uh, managed to get himself, as I mentioned, two fouls in the first two and a half minutes of the game, you know, and continues to drive this announcer, <laughs> this podcast announcer, nuts. Um, but, you know, all props to Pykel for putting him back in, even with two fouls, and we needed him in the first half, and Harper really 
played well, hit some clutch shots, and helped us do well in the first half and take a lead into halftime. Rutgers is playing some of the best basketball in the country right now, and it's at the perfect time. Rutgers now somehow has a legitimate shot (laughs) of winning the Big Ten regular season title. And this is a shock because just saying that, I mean, it likely won't happen. But Man, if you heard anyone say this about 10 days ago, you'd swear they were drunk or something. Rutgers had five teams above them in the standings in the Big Ten heading into this game on Saturday afternoon. And Rutgers has now beaten four of the five teams that are above them, believe it or not. So they're fifth in the Big Ten, and four of the five teams above them, they've actually already beaten. And they play the fifth team, by the way, who's Illinois, Wednesday at the rack. So the four teams ahead of us that we've beaten now are Purdue, Wisconsin today, Ohio State, and Michigan State, all ranked, by the way. And they've all gone down to Rutgers. Illinois, uh, the other team still above them, as I mentioned, is up next uh, Wednesday at the rack, Wednesday evening. I have a few other odds and ends about this game that I like to talk about. Um, this is such an exciting game and and such a confidence builder for, for Rutgers. And you could tell at the end of the game when they won that game how they exude confidence now. There wasn't jumping around, screaming. It felt like they knew they were better than this team on the road and that they have the confidence to pull these kind of wins off. And that's great to see. They're not getting too high after wins because the schedule ahead of them is still a bear. Some odds and ends, as I mentioned. The announcer on Fox Sports 1 was boring as all hell. She was accurate, and she was sometimes observant at times, but geez, could you muster a little bit of friggin' emotion, a little enthusiasm here? I mean, please. I mean, she would drive me nuts. Early on, you know, Rutgers was hitting big shot after big shot, and if you listen to her, I mean, it sounded like she was reading, reading a friggin' refrigerator warranty or something. And he hits the three in section two, uh, subsection A. The game is tied. And the Badgers are bringing the ball. I mean, she was so friggin' boring. Again, she was pretty articulate and she was making some decent points, but she was so unemotional and really did not help with the emotion of the game. Even when Wisconsin hit some big shots and the crowd screaming, she, she sort of brought it in like a computer would say it. She was really awful and I thought really brought down some of the game. Uh, some other odds and ends. The refs had some, questionable calls all night. And I hate complaining about the refs a lot, but this is one of the more poorly officiated games of the year. Um, Rutgers had some good early defense on display, though again, way too many early fouls. So many early fouls in this game. I already mentioned Harper, the the moron, with two fouls in the first two and a half minutes. Uh, Hyatt played about eight minutes and had three fouls uh, in the first half of the first half. Uh, Rutgers has to get better also at preventing offensive rebounds when they're on defense. Some very costly second ha- second chance points by Wisconsin Saturday. They really need to stop this. Rutgers has been doing well, but it is a trend that I'm noticing that they really need to, to prevent. The, those rebounds that you give up, those offensive rebounds and second chance points are are daggers. When you, Especially when you play good defense, you put all your heart, you're diving around, you make great stops, they take a shot, it's no good. 
the other team gets it back and then they hit a shot and all your hard work is for nothing. It really deflates a team, you know, especially a team like Rutgers that puts all its energy into defense and does such a great job defensively almost every night. It, it's tough to see and it's not something they're doing all the time, but it is something I think they need to be very conscious of, especially next week. Uh, the Wednesday they're playing Illinois and Coburn at center is massive and he's big and he's tough and he's strong and he's thick and they got to find a way to make sure they get their defensive rebounds and block out. Um, let's see another point. Um, and this is actually a shocking one for me. Somehow out of nowhere, all of a sudden Rutgers seems to be making free throws. So let me repeat that. Rutgers is now making free throws. At least they're hitting all the critical ones. They were 16 of 18 Saturday afternoon. I mean, in big spots in previous years, you know, especially late in the game where they had to hit the front end of a one and one or something like that, they consistently missed. They're, they've been a bad free throw shooting team forever. And they're not a good free throw shooting team now. But uh, recently, seemingly going unnoticed in this great run they've been having in the last week or two, they're now hitting free throws consistently. They're hitting them in big spots, and it's just going unnoticed. Even Amorie, a center, has a good free throw stroke and is hitting them. It seems like, okay, he never misses a free throw now. Harper hits some big ones. Geo hits free throws. It's gone unnoticed, and it's something that's critical in college basketball and will continue to be critical for records. Hopefully that continues. Speaking of Amorie, yet another consistent offensive and defensive performance again against Wisconsin on Saturday. He hit the first shot of the game for Rutgers, a nice little turn jump hook, and he had a huge dunk with under two minutes left. Well, Mulcahy drove, drew a couple defenders, had a nice assist to Emery, who dunked it, you know, in a split second like he does. In between those, you know, first shot of the game and the dunk with a minute left, Amorier played great defense. He hit important late free throws. He continues to be a super reliable center, which is amazing. You know, one that Rutgers has really not had in a long while and maybe ever. I mean, he's he's just a freshman. I mean, look out, Big Ten. For Rutgers, the road ahead really is loaded with danger, though. I mean, ranked team after ranked team is still ahead of them, starting with number 13, Illinois, on Wednesday night at the rack, where I'll tell you what, man, if you are Illinois coming in at the rack or you even are a fan going to the rack on Wednesday night, you better bring some friggin' earplugs if you come because it is going to be loud. The rack is a fearsome place for opponents to play. It has become that over the years. It is still this year. And let me tell you, Wednesday night, Illinois coming in, number 13 in the country. You better wear some earplugs. That place is going to be rocking. It is going to be sick on Wednesday night. The Knights have to feel, I think, really great about their position now. Only two weeks of feeling, two weeks after, I would say, feeling like this season was just about gone. Amazingly they have to feel great. They're firmly 100% back in what I would consider realistic range of making the NCAA tournament and playing in March Madness, which would seem like utter silliness to even suggest a couple weeks ago. That's how well this last week and a half has gone. This is seriously turning into a February to remember for the Knights. And if you haven't been a Rutgers basketball fan, you might want to start paying attention now, baby. Get on for the ride. Thanks for listening to Jersey Guy Sports. Please tell your friends all about it and subscribe to the podcast. And I'll be back soon with some more sports talk. Thanks and have a good day.